It's Thursday, which means it's Throwback Thursday on SB Nation AM. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. Uh, Throwback Thursday celebrating 1979. Uh, The Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. If you want to see a good performance of this online, go watch their Alchemy uh, live version of this. It's fantastic. It's like 10 minutes long, but... Some of the best guitar stuff you'll ever see. Mark Knopfler, fantastic. Jeff Hartman joins us from SB Nation. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, the killer bees that are no longer around anymore. How are you, Jeff? I'm great. I couldn't ask for better walk-up music than that. I know. Oh, Isn't that great? Fantastic. Uh, so the killer bees are done. The Steelers get really nothing out of them in terms of Super Bowl championships. Uh, but in terms of the way it fell apart, in terms of the way both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have both stories as to how there will be leaving the Steelers, for Antonio Brown, Jeff, when did we start realizing he was getting really unhappy in Pittsburgh? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if it was unhappy in Pittsburgh because you never really got that feeling until – the end of the season, what you had a feeling of is that something was off with Antonio Brown. And this went all season. This was all the way back to training camp. Um, This is a guy that prided himself on never missing a workout, never missing a practice. And it didn't matter if it was OTAs, minicamp. He didn't miss anything. And I think he might have only practiced in two or three training camp practices the entire season. And the team said it was a quad injury, but – there was always some underlying stuff going on, whether it was the hit piece that was written about him by the undefeated, that he went after the writer. Um, he was just really agitated, and it just seemed like something was, was off. I, I don't want to say something was wrong. I don't want to say anything. I don't, it's all speculation. But I don't think he was ever showed that he was unhappy in Pittsburgh until late in the season. Is, and I, I mean this in all respect to his talent, because he's incredibly talented. But is he too sensitive to be to, to be that corner missing piece for a team that has it all together but could use Antonio Brown? You see, I, I, that's, that's the question no one knows because Antonio Brown has never caught a touchdown pass from anyone other than Ben Roethlisberger in his entire career. And Roethlisberger has missed some time. And so the connection that he has with Roethlisberger is phenomenal. I mean, he caught 15 touchdown passes this year. It's a career high for him. And so whoever picks him up, whoever trades for him, not only do you have to have a quarterback that you think is going to be able to focus on him as much as Roethlisberger did, but you have to hope that they get some of that magic together because, I mean, you think about the plays where Roethlisberger is kind of created on his own. He would scramble out of the pocket and then magically find Antonio Brown down the field. I'm not sure if that's going to be able to be duplicated with just anyone. Not saying it can't be duplicated, but not just with anyone. And so I think right now Antonio Brown might be sweating a little bit. The fact that he has no control over the situation where he goes, uh, you know, if they throw him up in Buffalo with Josh Allen, what's that going to look like? So right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it, yeah, I mean, he could help a team. My goodness. He's a, he's one of the best receivers in the league, but I think the success he's had in Pittsburgh isn't easily duplicated anywhere. What is the current, and I don't know if anybody's been buzzing about this yet, what is the current value for, for Antonio Brown? What has the, been the speculation of what it would take to, to complete a deal? Yeah, it's crazy because you, you talk about whether it's the mainstream media, whether it's the local Steelers beat writers, whether it's you know, websites like ours, behindthesteelcurtain.com, um, everyone's kind of thinking, okay, where, what, what can they get for him? And some people are saying, oh, they'll be lucky if they get a third. 
Some are saying that they're lucky if they get a high two. Some are saying that he deserves a one. I mean, you look at market value. I mean, Joe Flacco just drew a four, and that's Joe Flacco. We're talking about one of the best receivers in the game. You would hope that that would give him, Antonio Brown would at least maybe be worth a high two, if not a, a late one or, or you know someone on the back end. I think that the Steelers are going to be really smart, really strategic with how they handle this situation. And, and Kevin Colbert, the general manager, said yesterday in a press conference that they're not just going to give him away for nothing. And if they, the deal doesn't fit the Steelers, they're not going to trade him. So, unfortunately, if you're sick and tired of hearing about Antonio Brown, this saga might not be over. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I want to get back to the whole era of the Steelers with the, this killer bees, right? the, the Bell, Brown, Roethlisberger. It, it, while it did not produce a Super Bowl, it, it's it's got to be remembered as very disappointing, isn't it? I mean, listen, they ran through an AFC that was dominated by Brady and, and Peyton Manning and the Broncos. But still, that was a talented trio that should have at least gone to a Super Bowl. Well, let's take it a step further and say that this might be the most talented offense that's never even reached the Super Bowl because if mean, you throw in that offensive, you throw in that offensive line, which is considered one of the best in the league, has been for the past few seasons, and you throw in, you know, they had some other pieces there that that were really, really good. Um, and my goodness, there was always something that got in their way, whether it was, you know, early, think about the 2014, which was Le'Veon Bell's coming out party, and Antonio Brown had a ridiculous year in 2014 and 2015. Bell goes down with a knee injury in Week 17 against Cincinnati, and he misses the playoffs. They lose to the Ravens in the wild card game because they had to go out and pick up a, a running back off the scrap heap the week before a playoff game. Oh, yeah, um, and then you that. have, you know, yeah, and then you have situations like in 2015 where that was the Facebook Live issue right before, um, you know, the, right before they go in and play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, and then in 2017 where you have the divisional game with the the Jaguars and. Le'Veon Bell's missing the walkthrough leading up to the game. And uh, it's just, I, I honestly, when I think back to the killer bees of Brown, Ben, and, and Bell, it was a lot of dysfunction from the start. You know, early on it was Le'Veon Bell with his suspension with Le'Garrett Blunt. And he was suspended a couple times to start the season. And then you finish up with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell sitting out the entire 2018 season. There's a lot of baggage with these guys. And so a lot of fans are hoping that maybe just maybe not so much from performance standpoint, but it's addition by subtraction in regards to the team being more of a team and less individuals. Yeah, is there a feeling though? Cause the Steelers have done this. They've had good players in these positions, maybe not as high quality as what we, what we're seeing from the bell in the Brown era, but that have left and, and other guys have stepped up and, and played, you know, and taken over that role. Is there a feeling like the Steelers will do that again? Is, let's just take it down to its basics. Is there a feeling like Juju Smith Schuster becomes the next Antonio Brown and he's on that next level? I don't think he becomes the next Antonio Brown, but I mean, you look back to when the Steelers won Super Bowls or even went to Super Bowls, they never had the the most talented team in the world offensively. I mean, yes, Antonio Holmes and Heinz Ward were great, but none, neither of those guys were Antonio Brown, and yet they still won with them. I think that the Steelers, number one, they draft offensively extremely well. And I think that should be noted because, I mean, they drafted all these players we're talking about. Right. And anytime you have, anytime you have a cover that's stocked, with a Juju Smith-Schuster and a James Conner ready to step in. And you know, Juju had over 1,400 yards. James Conner was rushed for 1,000 and only played 13 games. He looked like he was every bit the part. Um, I think that the Steelers' offense 
I hope it changes if Antonio Brown does get traded, which I think it will happen. Uh, they need to run the ball more. They don't need Roethlisberger throwing for 5,000 yards. They, they need to have a more of a, a consistent, even balance between run and pass. And if they can grind it out, Juju Smith-Schuster will have his opportunities because, I mean, let's be honest, there weren't a lot of teams that were stacking the box against Pittsburgh this past year because Roethlisberger was throwing the ball probably 70% of the time in most games. So I think that if they're smart, and they're a smart organization, they're not only going to draft well, they'll probably get some free agent pickups here or there. And I think they'll also understand that they're going to have to change a little bit because you don't replace an Antonio Brown or even a Le'Veon Bell, even though James Conner looks like he is legit. Um, you just don't plug and play those type of players. you got to kind of adapt. you have to kind of change. And so I think that's what you'll see happen this year. Jeff Hartman joins us. SB Nation covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I saw where Kevin Colbert said that Ben Roethlisberger can criticize basically whoever he wants. He's the leader of the team. But is that why? Should Ben be doing that publicly? Well, I guess it depends on your own personal beliefs. Uh, personally, I don't think it's smart. I mean, it, it, there's a time and a place. I think that's something you let the head coach do in his press conference, which Mike Tomlin does often, where he'll make little comments about players and performances, and he gets his point across. But Roethlisberger takes it to the next level, and I think a lot of the fans in Pittsburgh were really upset when they saw Colbert say this because they're sick of Ben's radio show. They're sick of him throwing teammates under the bus. And Roethlisberger, I guess, in his own mind, thinks that what he's doing is good, um, and everyone else sees it as, my goodness, what kind of teammate are you? Um, but nonetheless, I, I, I've always said that Kevin Colbert is tied to Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of like the Titanic. He's either going to go down with him or they're going to be great together. And um, I, I think it's a situation where he has to say that, I, in my opinion. Um, he's, everyone talks about Antonio Brown and, and his saga and how it's been talked about so much across the landscape of the NFL media and stuff of that nature, Ben Roethlisberger's kind of been drugged through the coals, too, with his leadership methods, and he hasn't said a thing, uh, which I think is good. And so I think Colbert's sticking up for the guy that he knows is going to be back. He knows is going to be the foundation. And let's be honest, and as great as Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are and were for the Steelers, it's always been about number seven. They'll go as he goes. And he's the straw that stirs the drink. They're going to get. They're going to put their. They're going to put their support behind Ben, and hope that he's able to get them to the promised land with a new cast of characters in 2019. I do want to ask you this: There's only been three quarter, three head coaches for the Steelers in my lifetime, uh, and I know that they keep coaches for a very long period of time. Is there a temperature gauge on Mike Tomlin? Is he on a hot seat? To use that cliche. Yeah, and, and you know he he was hired in two thousand seven. In two thousand seven, and so I mean, you look at the numbers outside of Chuck Noll, he seemed like he coached forever. I mean, even Bill yeah. Cowher, you know, he he stepped down, and and I think that sometimes the message gets stale. I don't think that's gotten to that point. I think that Mike Tomlin right now is being questioned from a leadership standpoint, which might be even more damning than just a message getting stale. Um, people were wondering, you know, what kind of ship are you running where you're letting Antonio Brown come in late, you're letting Le'Veon Bell miss walkthroughs before a playoff game with no no punishment or no, you know, it, just nothing. And, um, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of bad stuff. So I think this is a big year for Mike Tomlin. He needs to continue winning, which he's done since he was hired, but he also needs to get to the playoffs, and he needs to do some damage there. And it doesn't mean that they have to win a Super Bowl, but if he were to miss the playoffs again a second straight year, I would not be shocked if Art Rooney II decides it's time for a change. And so 
I, in that case, yeah, I think his seat is getting hot. Absolutely. Jeff Hartman, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Uh, Behind the Steel Curtain, right, is, is the website for the Steeler coverage on SB Nation. Absolutely. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You got it. Jeff, great stuff. Really appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Dysfunction in Pittsburgh. And listen, that last question I ask is, is really interesting because if you go to around the NFL and you had a situation, what Mike Tomlin has done with that team, right? The, what, what Mike Tomlin has failed to do with that team and some of the talent that's on that team at other cities, it wouldn't even have been a question whether he was on the hot seat or not. He absolutely would have, if not fired already at some locations who are very quick to pull the trigger on head coaches. The Steelers, for whatever reason, their organization, and this has gone through the Roonies on down, through the family. This is something they just don't do. If you get a job with them as a head coach of the Steelers, you tend to have it for a very long time. Whether it's from Noel to Cower to Cower to Tomlin, you just end up with this job for a long period of time. They are long game people, right? Every individual season has issues and problems, but long term, do we have the right person? Maybe a lot of it is the feeling that we've hired the right guy. We want to show that we've hired the right guy. And the other part is they just are a little bit more. All right. Sometimes you go up and sometimes you go down. But overall, if I feel like the train is going in the right direction, we will eventually get to the destination. I don't know if that's if that's bad sighting on, on where they are right now, because right now they're in a mess. They're dysfunctional. And that division is getting tougher. Right with with the new offense with the Ravens, if that works out and Lamar Jackson takes off, and if ba- Baker Mayfield and the Browns are the real deal, and Cincinnati comes back or whatever scenario they do under Zach Taylor, Steelers are, are the Steelers could be in trouble in their own division, and that's and that's going to be tough. So right now it's a, a pretty dysfunctional place. Eight hundred seven 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 two nine zero seven is if you want to get involved in the conversation. Also on Twitter at Tony D Radio at Ron Culver, Ron with two N's on SB Nation AM.